Hello, and welcome to Next One's Coming Faster, a justified rewatch reaction pod. I guess O just didn't tell you. I was the bench press champ at Lewisburg. The next time you make me raise my voice, I'm going to take this oxygen tank and I'm going to beat your ass to death with it. That's a weird quote because he actually says, I guess Bobby didn't tell you, but that's my name and I would have sounded crazy if I said that. How you doing, guys? Uh, good. didn't sound crazy just then. That's the good thing. Yeah, that's not from the show. That's just... Uh, that's just a threat. I was a bench press champ. I didn't. Re- I actually didn't hear that line, the bench press champ part, <laughs> and I had no idea what you were referencing. Well, I, I presumed it was a line from the show, but I just had no idea what it was. And now I, I remember. standard for like when I open the show with a quote, you go, is that from the show? <laughs> oh. <laughs> You've done that a few times. Yeah. Well, I'm watching, I'm watching these shows, you know, I'm putting in the work behind the scenes. I'm, I'm grinding, um, but I don't know. I don't see everything. <laughs> and I only watch the episodes once and I'm not paying attention to them. <laughs> you know what? I, I also wanted to comment on something I think is funny is I always say like, How's it going, guys? Or something at the beginning? Like, I haven't just been sitting here talking to you for two hours before we started. I know how it's going. You mean you're not just asking? asking. No. I know how it's going, but I don't care. Hmm. So, today, we're covering Season 2, Episode 6, Blaze of Glory, written by Benjamin Cavill and directed by John Avnet. This episode first aired on March 6th, 2011. And that's how you know it's topical that we're talking about it today. So the IMDb user rating on this one is an 8.0 out of 10. The IMDb synopsis here, a once infamous bandit is back to his old tricks. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. (laughs) There's... There's there's just something about that phrase. I feel like I have to say it with like some zest. I have to spite a once infamous band is back up to his old tricks. <laughs> but when Winona winds and then the kids won't let the rabbit have yeah, a yeah, <laughs> The kids won't let the rabbit out? What are you what is that? What are you talking about? They won't let the rabbit have the cereal. Oh, okay. You know yeah, yeah. Tricks commercials. I'm gonna try the synopsis one more time. <laughs> a once infamous rabbit <laughs> <laughs> oh yes <laughs> okay <laughs> let's get it together here Bobby. <laughs> no i won't okay <laughs> you want me to read it oh i got this this is this is my bread and butter okay. this is whew, a once infamous bandit <laughs> a once infamous bandit is back to his old tricks but Winona Winona's involved because she stole the, the money <laughs> oh okay a once infamous bandit is back to his old tricks but when Winona winds up the victim of his botched bank heist Alliterative. Raylan is on the war path to bring him down I actually I don't think that that's accurate <laughs> I don't feel like Raylan was like really unhinged in this episode or anything. Uh, he he was yeah. he was pissed I think you know he 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 was hurt by it he was upset, but I don't a warpath feels but let's start with Zach. I'm curious Mora pointed out to me that I say curious a lot because I'm a curious guy, but I guess 
that's my the word I always use when I say I want to know what your rating is. Hey, it's the right word. <laughs> why not? Why not use it? It's why your friends call you Whiskers because you're curious on <laughs> the cat. That's calling me that up. behind my back. <laughs> This is an insane episode, and we are like two minutes in. Um, Zach. Do you not get that what reference? It? Are you kidding me? No. I thought you were just naming like a cat name. Like, just, <laughs> that's so good. Okay. Wait. That's so good. Is that, is just that from like Meet the Parents or something? No, it's 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 Will Ferrell as Harry. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Harry. Hi. Hi. Oh, that's Hi. cute. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were just making a good joke. I, yeah, I thought you were making like an adorably wholesome joke. Like, Whiskers, <laughs> that's name, a cat's <laughs> <laughs> That's all about, yeah, he goes, my friends call me Whiskers because I'm curious like a cat. I might have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. It's like, hey, everyone, just skip past the first five minutes. <laughs> I think this is the stuff that people like the most, honestly. This, yes. Because it's I like, I think we're done here. People listen to podcasts because they're lonely and they want friends that they don't have to go through the, the pressure of interacting with in real life. Para friends. This is, I, this is why I listen to podcasts. Anyway, would you like to ask me about my feelings on the episode? I would love to know your rating on a one to 10 scale. I'm, I'm actually, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. I'm actually curious. I've been wondering yeah. about it since I watched the episode. Yeah. I've been thinking, does Zach hate this episode? <laughs> I I really enjoyed the episode. In fact, when you said the IMDb IMDb rating was eight, I made a noise because that was the number I had in my head. Also, I, I would give it an eight out of ten. Wow, it was very entertaining. Heck, I didn't know what the fuck was going to happen. A lot of tension, a lot of it like serious shit, like the bank robbery and Winona like almost getting raped. Not that that was something I wanted to see but it gave the episode some some teeth you know some stakes this is something i've been talking a lot about throughout the my, my time watching the show is like when the when the episode achieves tension and feels like it has stakes that's when it's most enjoyable to me and this episode had that and more and i think it's actually another episode that really strikes the justified tone well because there's funny like you know the the chase at the end is oh my hilarious yes. wonderful so yeah and, and there are are some stakes there that's i'm i'm actually a little surprised i thought maybe you were gonna rate it lower because i was uh be interested to hear what o just says in a second but i was wondering if you guys were gonna be like oh another like kind of side mission essentially yeah I, just one thing on that i i think i've discovered for myself that it it's really not that doesn't ensure that I'm not going to dislike the episode. I think those mm -hmm. types of episodes can be really good if they're well done. And I think this one was just right. well, well executed. Okay. Ogis, what do you think? So I'll give it a 7.5. I did have that. I did have that initial thought like, Oh, this is another side mission, but I did really enjoy it. You know, I, I felt pretty much the same way Zach felt about all of it. And uh, you mentioned the chase at the end, which was hilarious and adorable. Uh, and there's a little callback, a personal callback, about if you're old, using a heart attack to get out of mm. a sticky situation. 
And so maybe actually I, because of that, I think I need to bump it to an eight, you know, there's a little <laughs> personal connection. So I think I have to go with an eight. That one actually might've been, a, I think that was genuinely a fake heart attack. <laughs> I thought it was real when I saw it. And then I was like, wait a second, that was a fake or, I mean, maybe it wasn't, or maybe he just had an episode. Well, it was like, an emph- he was he has emphysema or something, right? right. So it, so it was a, it was a respiratory attack, but that's. But yeah. it's, it seemed like he like lost control of like he like yes. dropped the the gun. That that was interesting because we it's unclear because that would be kind of like next level thinking of I'm gonna fake this and then hope he doesn't kill me, right? And then let them go and and yeah, carry and out then- the rest of my plan. He almost got stomped out. That leg was up in the air. And then the other guy yeah. was like, no, 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 no. How about you don't stomp this person out, too? Not to derail us too far here, <laughs> but just with the ratings thing. So, you, oh, wait, are you bumping it up to an eight or uh, is it some? I'm bumping it to an eight. Okay. Right. Then I was about to say this was only going to be the third time that you rated the, an episode lower than Zach, but you are now on par with Zach. So I'm it's safe. okay. Good. I'm, I'm also. Hmm. I'm a little torn and I'm all out of faith, but <laughs> you, you are naked also on the floor. <laughs> listeners yeah, can't see that, but the listeners, can. yeah, <laughs> that's why this is an audio pod. Cause I like to pod nude, but I'm torn between a 7.5 and an eight, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, because I enjoyed the episode. I think though, having seen it before and then watching it a couple times again, recently i feel like i'm like it's a, a fun episode it's a, it's a good episode but i don't know how much like rewatchability this like particular plot has mm-hmm. i guess so maybe for me i'm a little like yeah it's it's fine like and i you know this is here's the irony in the past i've said that i felt like sometimes you guys were maybe rating an episode a little lower because you were getting impatient with wanting to see the rest of the story in season one and i feel that way a little bit because I'm like, I've, I'm so excited for the rest of season two that I'm kind of like, let's get to like, you know, let's get to more Margot Martindale yeah. and and all of that. Um, who I also, I just finished that show, The Watcher. And she's, oh, right. she's she has that. a, yeah. she's in that. And she's just, she's just fun. She's very fun in that. That show was kind of dumb, but it was, it was watchable, The Watcher. But it was a little stupid. But I liked it. But it wasn't great. Anyway, so I'll go. I'm going to go 7.5. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Is this the first time I'm the lowest? Cause Cheyenne 8.5 Cheyenne loved this episode. And I think I was projecting my feelings about the episode when I was like, Oh, I want, I was, I didn't know Zach. I thought you could be anywhere from like a seven to like a four and a half on this. I was like, I don't know like what Zach's going to give this one. He might hate it. You know, so I, I must admit that my mind is chaos. And <laughs> when I, I think a lot of my opinion about each individual episode is influenced by the circumstances I watch it under. Like I watched this episode one time. I didn't rewatch it. I watched it like a couple hours before we started recording. And I think I'm just kind of riding the high of just being really entertained and really taken for a ride by this episode where I didn't really know what was going to happen. And I, I was just, engaged by it i bet if i had watched it two or three times it would have dulled the entertainment value a little bit or maybe Mm -hmm. if i'd watched it and been just like in a bad mood 
I would have given it a much lower rating, which shows what a bad critic I am or what (laughs) what a fickle critic I am. But um, what if you were a critic, though, that was honest about your mood? Went into this one in a shitty mood, therefore I hate it. Yeah, like, I think that's I, your I think I I'm capable of that type of honesty. So maybe I'll give my give it an eight with the caveat that I was in a decent mood. Actually, I wasn't in a good mood. I got fucking destroyed at frisbee late, earlier. My, my oh. I, I was bruised ego. And, so and in spite of that, like this was a pick me up. Right. So hmm. that speaks to the strength of the episode. Maybe. Wow. Maybe the true rating was even higher. Yeah, if I had really been it, in a great it, mood, it, it who knows? It pulled you to an eight because it was maybe like a nine point yeah. five or something. I don't know. Oh. We're really getting into it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think it's a it's a pretty good episode. I, I think I am a little antsy. And I think I was gonna say, maybe the, another part of why you rated it highly or enjoyed it, maybe you're looking forward to doing the pod because the listeners don't know, because we're far ahead far enough ahead in our podcasts that we just took like a month off and it, it nobody will ever know except for I'm saying it. The, the lesson here, (laughs) the lesson here is that there's a lot of variables involved when you watch a show or a movie and Mm -hmm. you're not always seeing things as clearly as you might think. And so I think everybody's opinions can be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. So listeners, when you hear me give a 4.5, as you may have recently heard, just know it's I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Um, And okay, so the death threats, the death threats I've been getting. (laughs) Keep them coming. okay? because you can't kill me. I think we will move on now. The death threats. Keep them coming. (laughs) They they fuel me. (laughs) You're a podcast troll. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it also would be great if you really were like responding to something directly that like because we're recording yes. episode six of season <laughs> two and we just released and we just released episode nine of season one that would be it. Two, someone like, has yesterday. to listen so many episodes for them to get the response from you <laughs> i would love yeah, this like right. like really off schedule episode episodic response review that'd be also good just writing letters back and forth bobby <laughs> you should edit this one immediately and release it just so that so there's some continuity for what just i'm talking like about. edit this one just put this one yeah yeah ahead, ahead of yeah. all the others um maybe maybe i will surprise motherfucker <laughs> episode six of season two <laughs> yeah that's what you'd actually have to title it surprise <laughs> motherfucker all right, let's get into this episode. Couple new characters: Frank Reasoner, whose name is spelled Reasoner for some reason. <laughs> Everybody says Frank Reasoner. I it it bothers me that his right. name is spelled R E S O N E R Reasoner. But Frank Reasoner, played by the great Scott Wilson, who played Herschel in The Walking Dead, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I'm sure like almost anyone would see this guy and be like, "Oh, this guy looks familiar." I don't know if you guys know him from anything else specifically. I actually meant to look through his IMDb a little bit, but I didn't because I feel like he probably has a bunch of other credits that people know him from. It's Reasoner, right? Like R-E-A-S-O-N-E-R. Right. But I feel like everybody says Frank Reasoner. Right. No, I thought you just said R-E-S and you skipped over the A. 
I might have because I'm upset. Yeah, I hear. I, and, I, like, and I can't spell. Frank Reasoner. Why wouldn't they, if they're going to give him the last name Reasoner and spell it that way, why wouldn't they give him a different first name? Like, why, why would it be Frank? Maybe, is, maybe he's a blunt Reasoner. That's, that's so funny. I, yeah, I didn't why, even put that together. That's hilarious. Why wouldn't it be friggin' Nate Reasoner or Toby Reasoner or something? Like, what are, <laughs> like this is what the character does. He's going to level with you, okay? <laughs> Other couple new characters, we get Carter Hayes, played by Ronnie Jean Blevins. That's the, you know, the, the loose cannon of the, the bank robbing crew. And then Bobby Green, played by Chris Coy. Why does that Robbie Jean, R- Ronnie Jean Blevins, what's his name? <laughs> what's the name? You had it. You Ro- just said it. That was it. Which one? Ronnie <laughs> Jean Blevins. Ronnie, okay. Why does that name sound so familiar? Is he in something else? Maybe you're thinking of Jerry Blevins, former left-handed relief pitcher and host of the Shea Station Mets podcast. I think that, by and golly, you probably see me interact. Yes, with I've him never all the time on Twitter. I've never listened to that, but I've seen you interact with them. Okay, thank you for clearing that up for me. You're welcome. Returning characters, nobody new really. You know, nothing. I guess there would be nobody new in the returning characters, huh? Because it's people that have already been there but you know the usual raylan art this is actually a big art episode and maybe we'll we'll Mm -hmm. talk a bit about that Mm -hmm. uh anybody from deadwood in this episode timothy olfant i think oh speaking of returning characters there's a great gary scene that we'll talk about when we get there in memoriam nobody died as much as the stakes were up you know the couple you know some people got shot some people got kicked in the face uh nobody died the only thing I put for in memoriam were Frank's dreams of getting blowjobs from hookers in Puerto Vallarta, which, by the way, I I don't think I'm pronouncing that great. The way these old white men pronounce it at the end of the Puerto Vallarta, <laughs> like they say it like as, as white as possible. Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> so any other thoughts or odds and ends before we dive in? Nope. Yeah. I love editing editing out the long silences when I ask you guys something like that. And there's always like these really <laughs> long, like you're both thinking about what one syllable answer you're gonna give for like five seconds. I, I'm, I know I know full well I'm saying no. I just love the I love drawing it out for the dramatic effect of it. Maybe I won't edit that long pause. Yeah, no, keep them that in. one people can understand. That's what why I'm I go throwing through. my heat on As, this podcast, my pauses. For me, the action is the long pauses. Yeah. I don't know. You said heat, so that's where I went. Okay. So, the episode opens. We do get a little bit of kind of directly after the last episode ended, right, with the blowing up the mine, stealing the money. Episode opens with Boyd, and also we see Ava. But initially, Boyd being interrogated by, looks like FBI or ATF or a mixture or whatever over the whole explosion and robbery. Boyd tells him that he was coerced. Kyle and his guys threatened to kill him and Ava if he didn't go along with it. They obviously don't believe him, um, but they it seems like they don't really have anything. Ava's also being interrogated. Seems like they don't believe her either. She has one of the most confounding yes, lines yes, of the whole series. I was series just going to so ask far. about this. I, know what, I think I know what you're talking about. They say, like, you could be charged with felony murder, da-da-da-da. And she says, felony murder? 
is that like hot lava or frozen ice? Does she really say frozen ice? Yeah. That's a little, that that's baffling in itself, but what the fuck is she talking about? Like I know she's like trying to like play dumb, but it's like are you trying to play like uh, like you're from another planet? Like what is <laughs> that, that that line is so weird. I it's really, really weird. It's also weird because felony murder is not the punishment. It's it's the crime. So it's like, are you charging me with hot lava or frozen ice? Like, I, it's, I almost thought she was like trying to be like, I've never heard either of those words before. I, I really don't know. No, she's saying that it's redundant. That felony murder <laughs> is redundant. Oh my. I thought you. I was Thank okay. You. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be straight up here. I'm going to be Frank Reasoner right now. All right. I thought it was so obvious that I actually felt a little self conscious saying this. That you'd be like, "Yeah, I fucking know that." Why are you explaining this to me? Yeah, this will be edited out of the pod. I didn't. <laughs> I, I think we should keep it. We have. Let me to- just say, yeah. Th- in my defense, though, that was not. Clear to me. It was not clear to me either. I because th- it's like <laughs> that's so good because because lava and ice seem like like things you like don't want to be in. And I thought she was trying to draw a weird comparison between the punishment for the crime and and like the threat of those those elements. I I'm thankful that Ogis understood because the hate mail we would get. Here oh my god, we'd get eviscerated. Would probably, I mean, it would be tough. I. I didn't realize she was like, I, I guess it, it's fine. I'm just dumb, but I, I guess I needed her to, I needed to hear like, that's redundant or something. Cause I didn't even like put together. That's what she well, was trying to. It's funny also, it was, because when you just read it, I was struck by how redundant frozen ice sounded. And I didn't notice that <laughs> in when she said the line. That's funny. I, I actually, I felt like it did it. I took it as like, it did a, I know she was trying to, be like a little sarcastic or something, but I actually felt like it did a decent job of illustrating like just the extent of like the hot water that she's in that she doesn't really know. Cause then they explain like, Hey, this is such a serious situation that you can do the punishment for the crime of murder, even though you weren't actually a part of it. Yeah. I think, I think where it lost me is I immediately was like, Oh, she's trying to play dumb. So then I was like, what is, what is this about? like word salad she just threw at them? <laughs> right, right. But it turns out I, that's why there's three of us on the pod, because at any moment, two of us can be, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Out to lunch. And we need one of us to like, yeah. We need on a different planet. Yeah. In hot lava. <laughs> or frozen ice. So anyway, the FBI agents are very mean to Ava. Maybe they didn't understand either. <laughs> because there were real mean to her and then i and i have another question here so then they make a comment to boyd you know about like does she sleep with all the crowders or or whatever whatever and he says you know if you say something like that again i'm going to come across the table and they go oh i think that's you know threatening a federal officer did you hear that art or whatever they say to him and and then art kind of is just like no this is what threatening a federal officer would sound like and then he like gives this kind of menacing threat and i'm like wait why are you like it's not like he's best friends with ava or like i don't know why art was suddenly like 
you've crossed the line. But he, that's a, a, a curious moment. Yeah. I, I'm a curious I, guy. I also found it curious. One thing I thought of is maybe that it's, it's, Hinting at the classic interdepartmental. What are you guys laughing at? I, I said whiskers. I did this for whiskers. <laughs> when I said I'm a curious guy, oh, we like okay, locked okay. eyes and had a whiskers moment. Yeah, sorry. The famous cat. Um, isn't there this classic yes. interdepartmental? That's the strife? only thing I could think of. Or maybe he just knew that they were treating Ava or treating these people badly, and he, he Art was like standing up for reasonable law practices but that seemed a little less likely somehow well i think it could be i think it could be the combination of the interdepartmental stuff because that's obviously you know we've seen that a little bit in other episodes and also uh, you know at this point like he has no reason to dislike ava and that could it could be like just a southern like thing yeah be respectful to women kind of thing because she's as far as Art knows, like he really doesn't know if she's in any way involved in this or she's not like a career criminal or anything. So I think that I guess it makes sense. But it, he comes in hot yeah. in, in the defense. It thing. did feel like a slightly false note where it's like Boyd is becoming a protagonist that we sympathize with. And all of a sudden Art is is sort of espousing that feeling also. I feel like it would make more sense if it were Raylan because mm-hmm. Raylan has history with Ava. And I wonder if it's almost because this is, in a lot of ways, this is very much an art episode. So I wonder if that's kind of like, oh, let's give art this moment instead, you know? I don't know. I love how we keep calling it an art episode and I keep into This is art. Yeah, it's like, this is, this is the art episode where it's, it's very artful. Anyway, we spent more time talking about that scene than the length of it times two, probably. So we'll, we'll move on now, I suppose. But it is art. So Boyd talks with Raylan after his interrogation. Raylan says he's impressed Boyd's not in cuffs. Boyd delivers a line that speaks to what will be motivating Raylan later in this very episode. It's a little on the nose almost, but I, I, I think it's good. But he, he says, when someone's threatening a woman that you care deeply for, there's no end to the lengths that you will go to to keep that woman safe. And then he says, now I seem to recall you being that. So that is like very clearly a little foreshadowing for what we're going to see in the rest of this episode. And he says, now I seem to recall you being in that same situation a time or two yourself. In fact, I seem to recall you being in that same situation with the same woman. Ain't that something? I'm glad we get a little, little Boyd and Raylan in this episode because you know me, I eat it up. I eat your milkshake. <laughs> I don't know. When I said I eat it up, I couldn't, I just made me think of, I drink it up. So next scene, and this is, I, lo- I think this scene is hilarious because Gary is just such a weirdo. <laughs> Winona and Gary arguing at, it looks like Gary's office or something, because Gary put up their house as collateral for a racehorse. <laughs> Winona says, you put up our house as collateral for a goddamn horse? And Gary says, it is a champion Arabian, Winona. You're not listening to a damn thing I've said. <laughs> this guy's off the fucking rocker. Wait, is he... D- to bet on a horse or to purchase the horse? I believe they, they, they bought a yeah. horse. Wow. Okay. Or he bought a horse. Using, we bought a zoo. Using a house. Their house to <laughs> buy a horse. Yeah. Zach, Divorce I was curious tough. if you thought during this scene at all, because I thought of it, the, do you know how many emails I get? 
Yes, the wonderful boasting of Gary. I couldn't remember what that full line is because he said if there's like how many I send. Oh, that's what it is. He's like, do you know how many emails I get every day? I, yeah. How many I send, send or vice versa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just the delivery of that line made me think of that of like just saying like a crazy thing and thinking it like means you you win the argument. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be Gary's move typically. And then she she storms off angrily, which I think is quite reasonable and i love i just love watching someone be unreasonable think that the other person is acting crazy like and that's what's that's like most gary scenes lately like (laughs) he can't believe that she doesn't see the logic of what he's done i right i love that it it made me think of something that's like almost out of that would fit into like arrested development where like someone buys a horse and tells someone else like you, it could be a Tobias. Scene. You bought a house? No, no, no. I bought a horse. That's like, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Next scene: Winona and Raylan are chatting in the elevator at the office. Uh, they're on their way down in the evidence room, as we see in a moment. They're flirting a little. Winona, you know, mentions Gary buying the horse, and Raylan kind of like snickers a little bit, like he laughs a little bit at it, and she says, "It's not funny." I just love the line. It's a little bit funny. Like, just, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like you. Ha- he has to know when he's saying that, like, this is going to piss her off, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> that that was my competition. Right. This guy. Right. So then Winona needs a key to get in the evidence cage. Raylan doesn't have. So I have to wait for Charlie or Charlie Weaver. They call him Weaver. Uh, and there's a he like takes like a i don't know like a hair off her shirt or something and she brings up something about gary and he goes did me just touching you remind did me touching you just remind you of gary he seems like almost like appalled <laughs> which is appropriate uh but winona says she was wondering you know maybe maybe we have changed maybe it doesn't have to end the way it did the first time he kind of you know he jokes about rocking chairs on a porch together she jokes about like little Raylands running around with toy guns Raylan points out that she's the one that said it wouldn't be fair for them to have a kid as long as he's a marshal, you know, because of that him going out the door every morning, not knowing if he's going to come back. She asks, well, what if he stopped being a marshal? And they kind of appear to be a little bit of an impasse there. And Winona asks, don't you ever wonder? And there's this like really, I don't know, I think this, there's this dramatic pause there. And he kind of says, well, yeah, like I wonder, but like, I feel like that's a really good moment between these two people that like want this thing together, but just can't figure out if they have it. So, or if they can have it or if it makes sense. Uh, And then Charlie shows up, kind of interrupts this little moment. I think in a way kind of saves Raylan from having to like answer that question more thoughtfully. So Charlie gives Winona the key because he has to go handle something else. He's like getting a phone call or whatever. And I I don't know, seems like maybe he's breaking protocol by giving her the key to the evidence cage uh, and just leaving. Uh, And it seems like if there is a protocol that he's breaking, there's a reason because she goes in and finds a, you know, she's got a box full of hundred dollar bills, which she uh, seems intrigued by. Next scene is, her sitting in her car staring at one of those $100 bills. I, so let, I, actually, I want to pause here for a second. Actually, we'll go one further. Then we see that she goes into a bank. And before we get to the bank robbery and everything, I'm curious, were you guys like 
what's going on here? Winona's stealing money out of the evidence? Yes, it seemed like really reckless. Like I just didn't, I didn't know what the motivation was. I don't know if I missed something there, but I was just like, well, well, I think the motivation is that her ex-husband bought an Arabian horse by using their their house as collateral. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, obviously, right? Yeah. But it just seemed crazy. It seemed so out of character. Right. I mean, I can I guess I can see how the desperation of that could prompt such recklessness, but what's weird is that she only steals one bill. What's that going to like do? It, like that's not going to offset anything. Like They it, explain a little bit later in that scene between her and Raylan in the locker room area. Yeah, but I thought she was just lying in that scene. That was so weird. Like, doesn't she say she wanted to, like, verify if it was real or some shit? Was that... That wasn't her motivation. Was that... I thought she was, like, covering up her real motivation. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I think that... It's one thing if you steal, I don't know, $20,000 or even $10,000 or a couple thousand dollars, and there's a risk of something bad happening right but a hundred dollars you might want to edit this part out but the ten thousand dollar net deposit or withdrawal over the course of a single day from an account triggers what's called a ctr a currency transaction report for something like this where there's like a money laundering situation and someone brings in just like an abnormal amount of cash and it's one thing if you're like hey I'm a business owner who does this and they just expect it to happen. And it would probably be some part of the protocol, but just, you know, like a regular, you know, account holder. It's just like, Hey, here's $10,000 in cash. They'd be like, what the hell's going on here? Are you saying I should edit this out because you don't want to help our faithful listeners commit crimes? I thought it'd be too dry, but this is actually pretty good. I think it's (laughs) I actually think it's really good information, especially since you are a professional uh, bank the person. He's a robber baron. <laughs> well, I'm a robber. I'm working up to the baron. I'm the red file. baron. I'm the pizza guy. <laughs> not the ace, not the flying ace, just the pizza guy. Just the pizza guy. So, yeah, I, I guess it's a little unclear. And I, I'll say this without giving too much away. I mean, the plot synopsis for the next episodes gives away more than what I'm about to. There will be more about this. Like, there'll be more. Like, so I, we might, I, I can't remember specifically if it's like, and in the next episode, Winona says, here's exactly why I did what I did. I mean, that's obviously not what happens, but there, I'm sure there's more dialogue. You know, the episode, spoiler alert for any of you listening to this before you watch the episode, I guess it doesn't matter. These are all spoilers. But <laughs> at the end of the episode, Raylan says, you know, we're going to have to talk about this. And that's how the episode ends. So that leaves us with, you know, the idea that we're going to, hear more about this right anyway it it does seem kind of out of character but i guess it's you know we don't know winona super well maybe she's she stressed all the she's time. stressed out people do she impulsive is. things they do if i were Not confronted me. with a box a cardboard box full of hundred dollar bills you know i don't know how i would behave let it. me ask you this considering winona's stress level in this episode what do you think she would rate this episode if she were doing a podcast <laughs> about it <laughs> oh man! I mean, it would it would hit it it would hit too close to home for her, yeah, right? Like she a would two a one and a half. It would this be just like a documentary about my life. A terrible it would, episode. It would be the mouse. It would be the King Claudius witnessing the mouse trap 
in which he murders <laughs> the rightful king by pouring poison in his ear. And he sees what? that on st- <laughs> he he sees he's this is Hamlet. And he and he freaks out because he what realizes you say about been, a mouse. It's called the mouse trap. It's like a I, I don't know why it's called that. Oh, this is like the scene or the the murder. OK. I'm trying to include my prof- my professional expertise the way Bo just did. We went a little off the rails. Uh, so we just cut to regroup. Oh, just also had to reconnect. We're back. Uh, I don't know how much of that is going to stay in. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, this episode is potentially running a little long. We'll see what happens. Anyway, we see Winona sitting in her car staring at the $100 bill. Then she goes into the bank. She's in her own world as they're calling her up. It's like she's next. And she actually does decide to leave. She turns to leave, which she does say to Raylan a couple scenes from now. But right as she decides to leave, they start, you know, firing in the ceiling, yelling it's a bank robbery. And she's kind of fucked. Pretty bad luck, Winona. Hope that Gary has better luck with his horse. <laughs> so. That's, that's, that's crossing a line. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's an Arabian purebred or whatever he says. So we see that three men, one of them, who is an old man with an oxygen tank, which we later learn is Frank Reisner. Uh, are committing this robbery. The other two guys are that guy Carter and Bobby, not me. Carter seems like kind of a loose cannon, and it is it is like that classic robbery crew trope, which, do you guys remember that old Dane Cook joke about this? Like, there's always that one guy that's just like a loose cannon. It's <laughs> This joke is from, like, 2006. Someone shit in the coats. That's the one. No. But I think maybe the same special. So Carter gets really creepy with Winona, as Zach mentioned at the top of this. He also like realizes that, you know, she's like holding that hundred dollar bill like so tightly. And he recognizes this and he, you know, she kind of tries to not give it to him because I again obviously she doesn't care about the hundred dollars, but she's worried, I think, about the oh no, I stole this. <laughs> and anyway, he takes it from her and then he kicks her in the face. And then as he's leaving, he shoots a guard in the leg on the way out. We kind of get a a sense that Frank, whose name we don't know yet, but the old man with the oxygen tank, doesn't like this, right? Next scene is at the marshal's office. And I actually, I think this is really interesting. I think it plays into a lot of the conversation like Winona had with Ava in the last season and Winona has with Raylan about like some of her discomfort with him as a lawman and, and everything that goes into that and what goes into dating a lawman. And I imagine there's time between this scene and, you know, the, the robbery happening that we don't see where he like makes sure she's okay. But we see just him being like, how many times have I told you what to do in this scenario? Right? Like he's in full on, why did you do this? You you're supposed to know what to do. Like we've drilled this. And, you know, he says like, all these, you know, what to do if somebody comes up behind you, what to do if this happens, or and what to do if somebody's asking for your money. He says, you give it to them double quick, which I like that expression. Makes me think of uh, Nesquik. Yeah. Chocolate milk. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> this episode brought to you by Nesquik. Is Nesquik still a thing? Yeah. No. 
You can tell that we love it. That's the tagline. Anyway, it turns out Art recognizes Frank Reed. It turns out Art recognized the old man as Frank Reesner. He was on the most wanted list 30 years ago before he spent the last 30 years in prison for Robin Banks. And he was let out on compassionate parole due to his emphysema, which is why he had the oxygen tank. It wasn't just an act, as Winona had thought. So then we meet Frank's wife, whose name is Mrs. Reisner. We don't get a first name. She's Mrs. Reisner. Uh, she meets with the marshals oh. and, and another agent. We do. We do know her first name. Oh, wait. It's we... wait. He says it to her. Yeah, he says it to her mm-hmm. when they do the video chat. What's her name? Like Laura? I thought it was like Jan or something. But that feels closer. Maybe it was Tabitha. So. Mm-hmm. She meets with the marshals and another agent seems genuinely shocked that her husband's committed this crime. It doesn't, it doesn't look like an act to me or anything. It seems like she's just like, I can't believe this happened. And that is later confirmed with the Frank and art conversation at the end. I think she did think everything was fine. She talks about him being a model inmate, living a simple life at home mentions that he spent a lot of time on the computer. That seems to catch Raylan's ear. Cause he's, he's a good marshal and a good man. <laughs> Someone you like to bring home to mom and dad. Uh, no, no, no. So they question if Frank had any money issues. He could be doing this. She says no. We cut to the hotel or a hotel or motel, whatever. I, it's probably a motel, not a hotel. Yeah, not a lot of not a lot of hotels in uh, Harlan County. Is that where they are? I mean, they were robbing the bank in Lexington, so they're probably out. Lexington-ish. Well, then the, they're robbing first Cumberland in Versailles, wherever Stills. that is. France? Yeah, I think it's in France, yeah. But anyway, back at this... I say back like we've been there before, but at the motel, Frank Carter and the third guy, Bobby, great name, strong name, uh, discuss the score in their... I wrote hotel room here, but I think it's a motel. Airbnb. It... Uh, Ooh, I don't think Airbnb existed at this point. Mm. But Frank's upset with Carter for kicking Winona and shooting the guard. That's when he delivers that nice uh, bench bench press champ line and says, I'm going to take this oxygen tank and beat your ass to death with it. Uh, love it. Then we go back to the marshal's office. Winona IDs Bobby, not me, the, the criminal guy. Rachel and Tim comes in and gives like, Rachel something and it turns out it's the serial numbers for all this money or whatever. And Winona learns that, Oh, we scan all the money before it go- every mo- any bill that goes in evidence gets scanned, which obviously freaks her out. So then she goes up to Raylan and says, I think I have a problem. And then the next scene is, I really love how we don't see her telling him what happened. And we just see like his reaction right after that obviously has happened. And he's like, bring her in this other room. And he's all like upset. It's also, it's also there's like a weird, awkward moment where she like starts to say something. and He's like, wait, don't tell me yet. And then he like walks a little bit further into the room and then just like turns around just and walks. There was like not somebody like in the corner, like changing. Oh, OK. I, I That was totally lost on me. I thought he was just like pro, he was so agitated. He was just like <laughs> prolonging. Like, I'm not ready to hear it. OK, now I'm yeah. ready. So when they're in there, she she says she was just trying to make sure it was Actually, he kind of recaps what she has said to him, right? So he's saying, like, so you just want to make it make sure it was real. You only took one and and you're about to leave and the robbery happened. It's clear Raylan is a, is angry here, right? Uh he also says that the it's 
She says, oh, I just want to know what happens if they come looking for it. He says, it's, it's one bill. It's a clerical error. He, he like seems kind of unconcerned about it, but I think he is concerned about Like I, I don't know if he's like trying to like calm her down by saying that, because then the next scene he goes in and asks Art to be on the, you know, through the door team. He obviously wants to like get in there and make sure he gets it. So Winona asks what happens if they catch them, run the bill through the database and realize it's supposed to be in the evidence case. That's her concern, which is uh, a concern I would have in her situation. I like the part where like the door starts to open and it's Tim and Raylan just slams it. He's like, Raylan, is that you? Like, is, is Raylan always do that? He's always in there slamming the door closed. But then he tells Raylan Art wants him. Reasoner is trying to make contact with his wife. So then we're get, we're about to get to. Actually, we're not quite there yet. I have a favorite moment in this episode coming up, and you'll know when it happens because okay. I'll say this is it. So. <laughs> We see Art and the tech guy, whose name is Chris. I actually wrote him down as nameless tech guy, but Art says his name at some point. And spoiler alert, he will reappear in one episode. Like, I think maybe the next season. Does your favorite moment in this episode involve a line he says? Oh, yeah. You know exactly yeah, okay, what I know. Yeah. It's a good, it was a good, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're trying to set up the call. Raylan has to be first through the door, like I was just mentioning. Art says, you know, I can't let you do that, which is weird. I feel like usually he'd be like, sure. But he says, no, but I can let you be there when it goes down so you can make sure he bumps his head as he, as he gets in the squad car. Then we have Miss Reasoner, Lori, Tabitha, whatever. I forget what her name is. What did you say? Her name is... Uh, wow, what is it? Look, I wonder... <laughs> Candace. Her name is I Cheyenne. One, I think Deirdre. it's one syllable. Because he, he says, like, I love you. Damn. Pam. And I, it's it's very quick. And actually, when he says it, I kind of thought he was talking to Art. But we'll, we'll go over that scene. <laughs> it's a weird transition from him talking to Art to him saying, I love you, <laughs> to his wife. <laughs> well, it's... Uh, I mean, I love you, Barbara. Sorry. Barbara feels like it could be her name. That's good. I think it's Jan. Maybe it's just Barb. And yeah, that's the confusion. So she video chats with Frank. He immediately, I, I love what, like, they don't even try to hide that she's just sitting in a marshal's office. There's all this shit behind her. I'm in the break room at work. <laughs> yeah, she's a little bit daffy. This, this <laughs> Jan, she's, she's innocent. Well, naive. yes, she's truly innocent. And I, I think, I don't know if they were like, we're not going to try to hide this because he knows, but he clearly didn't even need that. He knew, like, of course, the they're going to be watching my wife, right? So, you know, he knows it's either the marshals or ATF or FBI. So Art and Frank talk with Frank saying he'll come in if they go easy on Bobby and and that the other guy, Carter, was not his first choice. He doesn't care what happens to him. And he says, Bobby don't have the best taste in friends, but he's a good boy. My parents said this all the time uh, about you, <laughs> both of you. Wow. Who neither of my How did they know? I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, spooky. Anyway, Art tells Frank he was the one chasing him back in the day. Thought catching him would help make his name. He missed him by an hour at a flop house in Memphis. And, <laughs> and uh, Frank says, the one with the Blessed Virgin wallpaper. It's <laughs> ironic. What's a flop house? Oh, just oh, you sweet you innocent, innocent boy. 
Innocent Oges. Oh. Like IHOP or Denny's. Yeah. Oh. It's, a, it's a pancake. It's a pancake place. Oh. Or uh Southern Denny's. It's called a Different. flop house, not a flap house, like a flapjack. It's, yeah, I was making it's, a joke. It's a whorehouse. Oh, it's okay. a it's that's the it's a uh a brothel. What are they? A brothel. A bordello. Oh, okay. Isn't that like a isn't that like a little chocolate? <laughs> <laughs> You think you have an M&M. Oh! oh. <laughs> of course, you confuse them. The so. greatest yeah. the greatest rapper of all time. Uh-huh. e Marshall McLemore. <laughs> M&M. Yeah, right. the greatest. We are... This is a weird episode, and I'm, I'm having a good time, but... We're going to get randomly counts. drug tested after we're done recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's not random. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just made a hand motion like, yes, that's the joke. But you know what? I can't trust either of us anymore after the hot lava frozen ice felony <laughs> murder thing. So we got to we got to make sure everything's on the up and up. So also the so flop Frank, house. Remember Flappy Bird? That game. Whew, I was pretty good at it. No, I didn't. I didn't play that. And I don't know what it is. Well, moving on. Frank says he was initially planning to keep pulling jobs until he went out in a blaze of glory. Name of the episode. There was a weird piece of IMDb trivia about this that I, I'm just going to read it verbatim because it, it really was a lot. It really was. I just saw. Uh, okay. I had IMDb pulled up for the next episode and I just saw a really fun piece of trivia. Wow. It's actually something we were talking about earlier tonight. A movie we were talking about recently. It's related to that. But I got to save it. I got to save it for next time. Here's a less interesting piece of trivia. Both, as we mentioned, Scott Wilson, who plays Frank Reisner, and Chris Coy, who plays Bobby Green, were in the show The Walking Dead. Okay. Here's the other one, though. This is the one that's really going to toot your horn. Actually, I don't know. It's a very long, convoluted piece of trivia, but the title of the episode is a line from Frank Reisner in this episode that I just shared. Reisner was played by Scott Wilson, who appeared in the 1990 Western film Young Guns 2. The music to that film was a solo debut from John Bon Jovi titled Blaze of Glory with the lead single also called Blaze of Glory. Now, why is that? Nobody knows. So... Yeah, that's a, just a little piece of trivia that I found while doing my hours of research before this episode. All right, moving right along. We're going to keep this at a brisk pace. Frank says, Frank and Art agree to meet at Tate's, Tate's Creek Bridge in two hours, if you recall. Is that the bridge where Boyd shot that guy? Yes. Yes, it is. And according to my cousin Travis, not a real place. In Kentucky, in Harlan. That's why I remembered it, because I remember him talking about right. it wasn't real. Then we see Art talk with Rachel and Tim about the plan. Said he sounds like Frank might want to go out in a blaze of glory. I like how he says, sounds like he might want to go out in a blaze of glory. Like he's reading between the lines. <laughs> That's <laughs> verbatim what he said. I feel like you should say that. Like he said he might want to go out in a blaze of glory. He's a brilliant Sherlock Holmes-esque Deduction. police work by Art. Raylan and Art discuss whether they think Reasoner will really be at Tate. Tate is it? It's Tate's Creek Bridge. I don't know why that's hard for me to say. 
Tate's Creek Bridge. Easy for me. Tate's Creek. I want to put an S on Creek. Tate Creek's Bridge. Tate's Tate Creek, Creek Bridges. Bridge. Oh, mm. the unknown mm. bridges, brother. That's the that's the next episode we're going to release, and I am excited. I think Phoebe Bridgers is going to write back. <laughs> okay. I think I think if she hasn't written back by now, it's unlikely she's going to respond. She hasn't Bobby. seen it yet. She probably goes. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't seen it yet. That's that so, is ho- that's, that's so, so beautifully funny. optimistic because oh it's she's God. never she's not. That's that you don't you don't understand what that, that was means. very Gary of me. Yeah, you know how many <laughs> no, you're Instagram not DMs she gets today? How many she sends? <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect. So Raylan and Art basically agree they don't think that Frank is going to show up there. Art talks to the tech guy, asks him to get into Reasoner's computer. Back at the motel, this time actually back at the motel because we've been there, we see Carter putting on what looks like a vest of some kind of explosives. And you know what? I'm not from Harlan County, so it looks like explosives to me. I I was sold. So right before they're about to leave to pull the next job, Frank throws Carter on the ground. He's about to shoot him when he appears to have some type of heart attack. The reason I didn't think is he's not like wheezing or anything. He's just like clutching his chest. I wrote in parentheses here in the outline, in all caps, OGIS, the fake heart attack, four question marks, because you were onto something. Oh, yeah. Back all the way back in what? Season one, episode five. You knew. So anyway, then Bobby stops Carter from killing Frank. They leave to rob another bank, presuming they seem to think they're leaving him for dead, as they say a little bit later. Next, here's my favorite part about about to happen here. Ray and Leonard are talking about how they're spread very thin, which is a little exposition for us so we can see, you know, puts Raylan alone there and ultimately Art alone going after Frank. Not like they could call back up with the local police or anything. They're just like, we'll just do all these things by ourselves. And the sh- God knows they burnt their bridges with whatever federal agents were That's true. there in the beginning. Art did yell at them. So they only have four people, including Art, which is, Initially, Raylan says we only have three, and Art says, including me, and then oh, four, which, you know, obviously kind of again foreshadowing, oh, Art's going to be important here. So then that tech guy, Chris, is looking through Frank's computer, and Raylan says, You get into the hard drive? And he goes, What am I, an asshole? And <laughs> the way Raylan responds and goes, No, like he, <laughs> and the look on his face, it's just like great delivery and just he has timothy oliphant in addition to being dashing great comedic timing great comedic chops yeah he's got a lot of personality he's got a lot of chops another marshall walks in nelson you may remember him from season one episode the hammer he was in one scene for a moment and i mentioned he pops up here and there there he is he comes in tells them they got an anonymous call that Bobby and Carter just walked into a bank in. Is it Versailles? I pronounce it with I pronounce it with some dignity. Versailles. Yeah. Or like Milan, Indiana, as opposed to Milan. Oh, I thought you were talking about the sheath. Wow. The Milan sheath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Raylan shows up at the bank. He kind of peeks inside the front door. Looks like nothing's really going on. 
two FBI agents show up, one of whom sounds, did you notice this? He sounds like Conan O'Brien doing an old timey voice. It's, it's, I forget what they're, it's like Davi, it's Agent Davi and whatever. He's like, yeah. ah, Special yeah, Agent yeah, yeah. Davi and Carter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, Why I, did yes, he say no, it like no, that? I remember. Yes, I did have some like, what? Why is he talking like this? He, uh, I looked at his IMDb. He has two acting credits. This episode of Justified and the old timey baseball skit on Conan. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. He wasn't actually in that. But Wait, I'm sorry. Which, which character are you talking about? Those two FBI agents show up and the one that introduces them. Like the he inter- he's like, it's a special agent Davi and special agent whatever. He says it in this very, he's like, mm-hmm. ah, he, I mean, I'm embellishing a little bit when I do it, but he's like, ah, special agent Davi, you see, and this is special <laughs> agent Carter. Like, he, <laughs> I, I did not notice this it's, at all. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not that, it's, but it's, it's, I was like, that guy's voice is from like the 1920s. <laughs> he's, he showed up for a great Gatsby edition and they put him in an episode of Justified. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So Raylan tells them he looked inside. Patrons look calm. They're kind of like, oh, I guess one of us is going to have to go in there. And it's like, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> it almost seems suspicious the way he's like, oh, I'll do that. I'll just go in there by myself. Yeah, I'm in. So he goes in. They agree to cover the perimeter. Back at the office, Art finds a game on Frank's computer called Sim Flight. <laughs> uh, you know, it's flight simulator. So Art has a realization in that moment, which we see because he goes, son of a bitch. That's the, that is the line in anything ever when delivered in that way means that you've realized something. Um, I'm not, I'm not like knocking that. That's just, I mean, that happens in real life probably because we've seen it in so many movies. Art imitates life. Oh my God. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Actually, I guess I should have said life imitates art. My brain just fucking melted. I, I I didn't invent that slogan. It was made up by somebody else. No, I I know, but the the timing and delivery of that was that was beautiful. Thank you. Wow, that was. Let's continue. Let's just let's end continue it here. the pod. See you guys next time. Um, I can't top that. Mm-hmm. So I won't even try. But Art realizes as we will see in a moment, right. That, Oh, Frank's going to go try to fly a plane. Right. I think they mentioned somewhere earlier in the episode that he used to fly. I think the, the wife mentions it. Right. She mentioned that. I, I, I feel like we hear it for the first time when art said, says it at the end, but maybe I, I think, I think it's mention mentioned it. like in, in like very quickly in passing somewhere that he used to fly because I feel like when art mentions it, it's like a callback to, Oh yes. But anyway, then we cut back to Raylan going into the bank. He spots Carter and Bobby. He makes eye contact with the security guard, shows him his badge for approaching Carter and Bobby. And this security guard, he does like the, all right, I got you. But you could tell this guy is about to piss his pants. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Raylan walks out to them, tells them to keep their hands where he can see them. Carter asks Raylan if he's all by himself and then just goes, this is a robbery. And, you know, people start getting down. Raylan asks where Frank is. Carter says they left him at the hotel dying. And I know the way Raylan says, then who tipped us that you're here? Like really like has this, like I have the upper hand. Then Bobby realizes the car is gone, which leads to Carter asking if it was stolen. 
it's clearly supposed to allude to either like Frank stole it or Frank did something because that's where the money we find out a second later that's where the money was and we obviously see Frank has the money later Carter says they're waiting for the armored car when it gets there they're going to take this is I'm not knocking like the writing or anything but this is classic like terrible plan at at this point like you're caught I guess he thinks my question does he think he actually has explosives on or does he <laughs> does he know that they're flares that's I think it's hard. I think it's I think he knows their flare. I think it's hard to get explosives like that. No. <laughs> like I think the way Raylan calls it out mm-hmm. is it's like you're not pulling a fast one on me. Okay. So yeah. That's he, how I interpreted it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Cause I could see in another set like like a Dewey Crow type moment where Dewey Crow thinks he's has explosives strapped up. Does that happen? I feel like that could totally happen. I, I don't think it does, but you know, thinking there's like a bomb on him and there's not. But yeah, I think you're right. I think he he is aware, at least of that much. But when they're in the ho- the motel room and he's you. putting that vest on, doesn't he make some allusion to, you know, meeting a lot of virgins? Doesn't he say yes, something he does. like that? I, right? Well, I guess that that begs the question of like, does he actually think he's explosives or is he just making like a weird, you know He's actually a fundamentalist. Mar- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I love this part where he he basically says, you know, we're going to wait for the armored car. When it gets here, we're going to take the money. Then we'll be on our way. Uh, otherwise, I might have to huff and puff. And he like shows the, the not explosive. And Raylan does a really good job here of acting like almost like taken aback. And Carter is like really pleased with himself because he, he like does a little giggle. It's like, <laughs> like, I've got the upper hand. And it is so good when Raylan goes okay and then he turns to Bobby and he said clearly you're the smart one (laughs) and like you just see like all that confidence like just drain from Carter's face I actually think this guy does a pretty good job like acting in this episode of just kind of like being like uh, because he has to kind of do a lot there with just the look on his face which I think he does well and then he says I'm hoping you know Raylan says, I'm hoping you know what to do now to Bobby, who then lays down on the ground. And Raylan says, and you're the one who kicks innocent women in the face. Carter says, you mean that girl from this morning? She didn't seem so innocent. And I think he actually like gets a read from Raylan's face here because Raylan, you could see that he is angry. And I don't know, makes a guess or puts two and two together like, oh, they have some kind of personal connection or whatever because he says, does she taste as good as she looks? And then Raylan says, and I actually, I like this line because I was like, what? When he goes, do you know where I'm from, asshole? And I was like, what is he talking about? Like, <laughs> and then, you know, he punches him. He says, or he says Harlan County and Carter says so. And then he punches him in the face, says down there, we know the difference between dynamite and road flares. And then he gives him a little kick in the face. And I, I like that line a lot because at first I'm like, that's a weird line. Do you know where I'm from, asshole? I was like, what is Raylan talking about? But then they tie it. They tie it in, obviously, immediately. It's as if they wrote it knowing where they were going. <laughs> so then this scene's done. Now it's time for the low speed chase. So, and I know, Zach, this is an episode, uh, an episode. Well, this is an episode you enjoyed. I know this is a scene you enjoyed. So Frank pulls up <laughs> to the small airfield with his oxygen tank and a bag of money. Art's there waiting for him. Frank says, guess you didn't believe I was giving myself up. Art said, hell, no one did. But I also didn't believe all that blazy gory bullshit. 
found all those flight simulators on your computer that I remember you used to own a plane back in the day. Figured you were refamiliarizing. Then he asked, Art asks if Frank's plan was to send Bobby and Carter to the bank, call the marshals, go after them while he escaped. He doesn't really answer, but that seems to be a little exposition for us. Like, you know, kind of cross the T's, dot the I's. That's what was happening. And yeah, then Frank turns to, uh, quote unquote, run away. One thing I'd like to say is um, a lot. We talk a lot about how when this show is at its best, it kind of balances humor with high tension, high stakes situations. I think something that was really nice about the previous scene in the bank was how, as you illustrated, Bobby, like how how deftly Raylan diffused what could what could have been a very scary situation before we knew that they were indeed road flares, given how threatening they were in the previous bank robbery scene. I was thinking like, what the fuck? How, how is he going to get out of this? Right. And then it we're was thinking it's actually explosives. And we're like, Oh, right. shit. and then Raylan does his super martial thing where he swaggers his way through it with, with words and not violence. But anyway, in, in this last scene with the, the, the low speed chase, it is it's a nice way of dealing humorously with like what could have been a standoff or a shootout, you know, the, right. the high noon art says, are you going to make me do do a high noon situation? Or, you know, like, are they going to shoot each other? But he just takes off his 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 air tank and just runs hilariously slowly away. As but you're missing is- a, a great quote where he says, I'm going to put a bullet in that tank. You remember the end of Jaws? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And evidently he d- and he says he does, and so he, he <laughs> takes the tank off so he can't get blown up. And I also I love that away. that that implies like, yeah, Art was only going to shoot the tank, <laughs> like he it, wouldn't yeah. shoot at you otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean you can't really shoot a, a fleeing guy in the back. I, I guess I don't know. Maybe you can. He's a a felon. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I the the whole scene is just there's something almost poetic to it right like these two guys in their twilight you know one last hurrah but the the hurrah is like i'm trying to make this getaway and and arts like i'm actually i have to go out in the field and chase a sus you know quote unquote chase a suspect and it is it really i think like the shot and the music of them just like running very slowly like art goes back for the oxygen tank and then by the time frank gets near the plane like art's just walking like it's really just <laughs> I, I think it I think it's really good. It's really good. Yeah. And uh Art says, is that shit really necessary? <laughs> I just, so anyway, Frank explains here. He asks Art if he loves his wife, and Art, you know, makes like the classic like married guy most of the time joke or whatever. And Frank explains he loves his wife, but at he says, as I'm staring down the barrel, he basically says, as I'm getting closer to dying. I started thinking about all these lives I've never lived. Art asked where he was planning to fly, and he says, a little fishing village outside of Puerto Vallarta. I'm probably saying it wrong, too, but uh, to live out my days in a hut on the beach, drinking beer, mezcal, and getting blowjobs from hookers. And Art says, you really think your ticker's up for all that? <laughs> Frank says, I was willing to give it a try. <laughs> and then Frank, yeah. you know, pretty, you know, last little hail mary at the end you can come with me there's room in the plane for both of us and art says i think i'm gonna stick around here then next scene is raylan showing up at the airfield they chat a little about what happened raylan notices art's hearing aids 
which I think might be, I don't know if I read this or if I heard this or if I saw an interview. I think he, Nick Cersei, like actually got hearing aids and I think they just like wrote them in like to be like, he's wearing these. Um, Raylan offers kind of, Raylan really smoothly. It's like, oh, you want me to take the money for you as he's like making fun of him for being old? Yeah. And Art's like, oh, screw you. And he's like, no, seriously, I'll take it. And it's like, seems like, you know, not only is he like helping Winona, he's like getting some brownie points with the boss. Mm. So then we cut to Winona icing her face at the hotel. Raylan comes in. She's all nervous. Says he went through all the money in the bag. He took out all the hundreds that would have been printed before the Fed redesigned the $100 bill 15 years ago, since I guess apparently that money had been in the cage longer than that for 20 years or something. Winona thanks him. They kiss. It seems like maybe, oh, we're going to see some boom boom. So, yes, exactly what I was. You took the words out of my mouth. Are we going to see some boom boom is what I was <laughs> thinking. I said that out loud as I was watching the episode. Uh, but they kind of just end up cuddling. Raylan tells Winona, you know, we're going to have to talk about it sooner or later. She says, I know. And then I kind of rewatched this part a little because I was trying to get a read on, on Raylan. And it, it seems like he's looking at her with this in this like amorous way at first. And then there's just like a brief note or like hint of like his concern about what she's done. And then it cuts to black. It's like very quick. Hmm. And that's uh that's where this one leaves off. Good episode. It's a good episode. I almost, I'm almost talking myself into bumping it up to an eight. When art and Frank are <laughs> chasing each other, they should have scored it with the Chariots of Fire score. <laughs> Slow it down. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That Should I bump it, it to an eight? Bump it. Yeah, join us. Join us in, in eightness. It's interesting Eight-hood. being the lowest rating for once, though. I think literally the only time it's ever happened that I've rated it lower than everyone else. Follow your heart. All right, I gave it an eight. Uh oh, Cheyenne gave it a an eight point well. five. Cheyenne was leading the pack. head of the pack. She's she. I think this is one of. I think this is her highest rating of the season. Yeah. This yeah, we had a good old time rating. watching this thing. Yeah, guys, we're just. Is that why you have to get extra work done tomorrow? You two are just. In th- oh no, you watch <laughs> it after work. Yeah, well, we played. F- yeah. You played the frisbee. Yeah, played frisbee. The yeah. frisbee. Well, I think we'll do a a quick ending here because we uh we did a lot of stuff throughout this episode. We had a good time. Yeah, yeah. So, any final thoughts before I give the synopsis for the next episode? I just the theme of the unlived life. Oh, you know, like Raylan tension between. The desire to have a family with Ava, but to do so, he has Winona. to give up. With Winona. Not Ava. Who knows at this point? Oh. Who knows not? If he's going to have a family with Ava, he might have to give up his vocation, marshalhood. Wait, did you say Ava intentionally again? Did I say it again? <laughs> I Because it's funny, because that would be probably true. If he wanted yeah. to have a family with Ava, he'd probably have to give up his martial hood as well. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I guess so. With anyone. You should cut this out. I'm t- I can't think coherently because I'm tired, but I'll, I'll mention it again later to myself when I'm 
slumbering. <laughs> All right. So, Ojis, any final thoughts here? <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed the episode. It was a good time. That's all I've got. That's this is what we call 1 a.m. insight, people. We are at our wits' end with each other. As soon as these, as soon as the recording stops, we are just bickering and we're just say, get out of my face, <laughs> is what I will say. <laughs> all right. That, that's not accurate. The next episode, season two, episode seven, save my love. After Winona realizes that Raylan didn't recover her counterfeit $100 bill from the bank robbery, Um. she drops another bombshell on him. Meanwhile, the coal mine Meanwhile, the coal mine offers Boyd a new job more suited toward his skills. That's it. Preacher in the hole. That sounds inappropriate. Never say those words again. I don't. I don't really like spotlight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What were you gonna say, Zach? You don't like. They knew. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Zach? You were saying you don't like something. I don't like Winona. I don't really like Winona. Wow. That's an interesting take because the. Justified subreddit largely agrees with you. I I guess it's like I love when maybe she I I do like her like I I I feel for her and I think she's a compelling character but I I think she has maybe and maybe this is the the sexism of like of our, Zach our, our media and of me but like she sort of has that quality of being like the wet blanket partner who's who's pulling the protagonist in a direction that we don't want him to go. I'm going to go to Zach's house and Scooby-Doo style, pull his mask off and reveal Bill Simmons. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, and maybe I'm I'm speaking more. So maybe it's not her. It's just like this character has to exist in all of our stories centered around men. And it, you know, it's the Skylar white character and it's just, it's a, when you get wrapped up in the, the a male protagonist who's pursuing his own thing, it's like you always have to have this person. But I, I realize there's a lot more to their relationship than that, and that they they do have a complicated like she's she's a person who has her own story, and he feels for her in ways that are believable and legit. But I don't know a reality check type well, of character. I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk more about that kind of. I mean, obviously, as you can tell from the synopsis, the next episode is going to have. Winona stuff and you know she'll be around so I'm sure we'll talk more about Winona stuff and the the relationship between them and I don't know it's interesting though because I actually Skylar you know it was like widely known that a lot of people didn't like Skylar Breaking Bad also a much bigger show than Justified so there's a lot more discourse but I had no idea that people didn't like Winona until I it, like until a couple months ago so that was news to me, me a little bit that, that I didn't know that, like or that, people that, don't like that people don't like her. I mean, and you know, maybe some of that stuff that happens down the road, like when she kills art <laughs> in the next episode. 
<laughs> anyway, that's enough for tonight. We're going to wrap this thing up. Zach, thank you. You're just Thank you as well. Oh, well, thank you. All right, everybody. I'm Bobby. That's Zach and Ogis. No! I say all the names. We've been practicing this for weeks. (laughs) Run it again. Run it again. Run it right. I'll read the fucking thing, and I'll do it. What if I... What if I just verbatim acted out the Bill O'Reilly? Yeah, yeah. you should. Play us off. <laughs> what does that mean? That's how, it sounds like I'm mixing that with the playoffs. <laughs> Jim Mora. <laughs> Jim Mora doing Bill O'Reilly's show. Play us off. We'll be lucky if we right. win a game. Listen, I have to say like six words. I haven't counted them. We'll see you next time. Our next one's coming faster. Thanks for listening to Next One's Coming Faster, hosted by me, Bobby, and my co-hosts, Zach and Ogis. Next One's Coming Faster is available wherever you find your podcasts.